Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Unconventional Geek. Today I have Average Video Game Joe here on the podcast. Um, Will you want to be called anything else? I'm just going to call you Joe if that's okay. You call me Joe, yeah, you call me Joe. Okay, Joe. That just, that just sounds like I'm just like talking to an average Joe right there. I know, right? Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's what I wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm an average Joe in real life, so. Um, so what started you to get into gaming for, for those, or not gaming, let, let's start off with your streaming background, because for those who don't know, that average Joe streams, um, on Twitch, and he does a lot of fighting games. He also has, like, a fighting community and a YouTube channel and, you know, all the social media stuff that content creators or just creators in general are doing these days. So let's just jump into it and find out why you started streaming. Like, what got you into streaming? Okay. Technically, I have uh, two origin stories when it comes to the streaming. And two. most people most people only know about me starting streaming when I when I first blew up. And then there, but there is the actual, there's a, there's an origin story before I got all blown up and I got like started to make a name for myself. This is, this is like a into the spider verse right here. I know. Right. I know. Like you're you're blowing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so it was actually, I started streaming very simply for, for one particular reason. And it was just to, um, I started streaming, like technically I started streaming around two years ago. Uh, or so uh, around like December 2017, uh, January 2018. Um, okay, I'm ta- I apologize. It's like a, that's like a year ago or so. <laughs> um, so um, but hey, dates so, are hard. I, I forget I know, right? dates all I know, the time. Right? It's a lot. A lot of things have happened to me since like since like I started blowing. I started being like you know started started being established. So it's a lot. To, it's a lot to keep in. I've even had to like re- write, write reports to myself just to see just to keep track <laughs> of like what all we've accomplished uh, with my community and whatnot. Captain's but like I, I think I, I first I, I first started streaming around like Decemberish, um, of like late last year, um, and it was primary before that I wasn't even a PC gamer. I was mostly a console pleb, uh, okay. in the sense that I I didn't really have the resources or whatnot to be able to afford to buy a, a fancy PC game gaming setup to mm-hmm. be able to just enjoy like because i'm i used to be an old school pc gamer so like i would play old school fps games like quake 3 arena or whatnot uh, but then when i got to college you know and i had to be much more smart about my my budgeting and whatnot um yeah. the only way i could get some cheap entertainment was playing on a console and so uh that lasted for, for quite a few number for quite a, quite quite pretty much my the entirety of my college career and at least one year after i graduated um, but when I first got myself a PC gaming setup uh, around December-ish, it took me a few months to get all the parts t- together because I saved around four months worth of uh, worth of funds, worth of savings to, to get yeah. myself a proper PC gaming setup. Uh, it took me I, – I didn't understand the, the landscape of PC gaming because uh, I was out for four or five years. And, you know, when you're out on the – when you're out of the – PC gaming space, you, you don't really know what's all going on when it comes to the parts and components. No, and I took stuff. a break for like a year or two, and then I came back and I was like, um, everything was like, um, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything, you know, everyone said was everyone. Yeah, I used to be a former IT guy too back in college, so like I knew a thing or two when it came to the software or like you know hardware stuff, just a little yeah. bit. But like you know, as a as a casual, I still 
kind of despise playing with the you know try I, I i when people say pc gaming you know, building a pc is super duper easy they're kind of lying because like if you have like enough experience building multiple pcs in a short span of time of course you're gonna remember how to do it and you're gonna remember where all the parts go and i'd say i think they used the lego example yeah where it's like it's just as easy as building lego um that's not true took, <laughs> not no absolutely not true if you're someone that's only if you're someone that's just getting back into it a lot of things can change um and so for me uh but yeah for me like i started around that december-ish and what i was told was if you want to actually test there is a new thing where uh, i was told i looked at these communities and they said well if you want to make sure your rig your pc computer is really really good or at least decent to play play games it should not only be able to handle games at a reasonable graphic settings, but also be able to handle streaming. And this is when Twitch was just like becoming a normal thing, right? Around 2017 or so. So mm -hmm. like that's when it was starting to become like a normal part of the online internet experience. Yeah. And so technically when I got my rig together and, you know, I had, I didn't, I only had like eight gigabytes of RAM when I first started. And then I, uh, you know, I had uh, a GTX 1070, uh, NVIDIA graphics card, right? So, um, but no one really told me that I had to worry about my CPU where I needed to have at least like minimum 16 gigabytes of RAM. So like, uh, so when I first started, it was on, it was in a January when I actually started streaming with no alerts, no overlays, none of that fancy setup stuff. I purely streamed just to test how well my rig can handle it while also playing the games that I was playing to get a, to get an assessment of where my rig was in terms of the current market and whatnot. Um, and so I remember the first game I streamed was Subnautica, uh, and that was like kind of a blast. But I uh, didn't really understand the fact that I was streaming from uh, like using my graphics processor, well, my graphics card uh, processor, yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than you know my G rather than my CPU stuff. And then you know everyone was out here showing different guides where it's like, well, you have to optimize your setup for you know you know you got to use a different encoder that's much more friendly that doesn't tax your GPU and vice versa. And, you know, I was figuring all that stuff out, but that's when I technically started and I only did it like once or twice. And I, you know, and Stop. I had maybe like, yeah, I had maybe like one or two viewers coming in at, at most. And then I didn't use any mic, right? I didn't use any microphone or anything because it was purely just to play. You, you just, just wanted to see how it could handle, you know, both traffic and whatnot. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Intensive load, which if you had it set to use your GPU, that causes a lot of load on top of the game. <laughs> exactly exactly and subnautica wasn't really an optimized game when i was playing it uh they mm -hmm. were still patching it it was still somewhat in early access if i recall and you know it wasn't really optimized so like it, it just taxed the gpu even more than necessary and even if you switched the encoder it wasn't going to be a good time anyways so that was uh that was really i thought it was a pretty good smart idea to test it without doing all without getting all the benchmarking programs because like i can yeah. keep track of all that stuff so I There's felt like, like five was... benchmark programs now. It's like I don't yeah, want yeah, to I know. know right? which... I, I don't even know. You know, I, I don't. Yeah, so I don't even bother to use any other like proper benchmark tools nowadays. Like if I'm going to test a game out, I'm just going to do like a quick test stream to see like okay, how well can my rig can handle playing a game and streaming at the same time? Because uh, like I because I prefer consistency. Since I yes. came from consoles, since I came from consoles, you know, I was okay with. A minimum standard of 1080p 60 frames per second because most console games still operate by 30 frames per second um yeah. so that's all i cared about because i only had a 1080p monitor i wasn't trying to play like at max 4k settings or things of that nature 
Um, so, you know, that also kind of helped me, you know, at least uh, get back into PC gaming where my standards were already kind of low compared to most PC gaming standards nowadays. Yep. Uh, where people are trying to push the limits uh, of their hardware. That's kind Whereas of like I how, I, how I came back into PC. I was coming back from consoles and I was like, I want to build myself like a PC PC. I haven't had one in high school. So like, that's how long it had been okay. since I, I had built mine. Goodness gracious. Yeah, that's, that's a while. Yeah. And, you know, I remember before I went to college, I used to use this dope, you know, uh, I don't know. It wasn't really a gaming laptop, but uh, it was some, it was an Ultrabook, uh, Windows machine Ultrabook. And that I was at least able to play Skyrim on it. And so that kind of led that kind of lasted a while for me in high school too uh, on that front. So, mm -hmm. um, but once once that was all like taken care of, I my primary goal was to switch from playing on PS4 Tekken or as I like to call POS4 Tekken pieces of you know crap uh, four. You, you can and cuss I, by the way. Uh, I, yeah. I cuss. Well, you, you know, this for, is I tend I tend not to. Fun fact about me, I tend not – you can ask most of my audience, uh, my, my streaming viewership base and whatnot. Like, I don't like mm -hmm. to swear, uh, especially in, like, in my public streams because I don't want to be like a – because there's so much negativity out there in, in the in the Twitch platform and whatnot, and most streamers like to swear and curse. But, like, uh, because I am leading a, uh, a community that's designed to be friendly for new players and, like, for casual Fair players, Fair we want to be, like, yeah. positive role models. So I don't – I usually try to avoid uh, swearing unnecessarily. But, you know, if it's just between you and me, I guess I guess they can – I could be more. Well, I mean, if you want to like throw it out into your community, then that, I guess keep it the same. Keep it the same. Um, but okay. uh, my filter awesome. works only to a certain degree, and then it just kind of like it at a point. Yeah. I, I I'll, I'll, I'll treat this okay. I'll treat this podcast like a dojo after hours. That's a that's the policy we term it as in our community, where we can be more loose and swear without having to worry about stepping on anyone's toes. Um, so when people know I enabled this policy, like well, right now, it's your after hours, guys. You know, you can swear. Nobody's gonna make a big deal about it. Not even me. Uh, you know, that's when. So I'll treat it like that. So yeah. But anyways, let me let me let me let me let me get back into it. So uh, yeah. So I was switching from a PO, uh, play uh, PlayStation Four Tekken to PC Tekken because I heard so many good things about PC Tekken, and I wanted to have my games modded. I just I just I heard the input lag and whatnot was serious uh, was a lot better. Um, just everything about the PC version was hands all down. All I know is PS4 Tekken. Oh, what's that? I said all I know is PS4 Tekken, like that, or PlayStation Tekken in general. Man, you got you got to come, you got to get enlightened, man. You got to you got to come back to the PC Master Race. I I did actually buy um, Street Fighter, and I haven't played it yet. You haven't played it. I got yet? it on sale. So I yeah. don't I don't have experience with the Street Fighter Five, so I don't know how the online netcode is. <laughs> um for that respect but i can tell you one thing ps4 tekken online with a bunch of wi-fi warriors is not uh, it's not a good time not fun um, it's oh, not gosh. when you when you when you experience pc online tech and you're just like why isn't all these tournaments like using <laughs> pc based standards and i know why it's just logistics it's not really cost effective but yeah it's, it's like you don't want to go back to ps4 tekken and so that's what it was for me um once i started i i actually i used to struggle a lot trying to get decent enough at the game to at least handle myself against most players online and most of the time most of the reason why i lost is because so many lag spikes happen and oh, so many gosh. and yeah because most people who are playing on a ps4 tend to be on wi-fi anyway because it's convenient uh for their for their setups and whatnot uh, but when i got on pc tech and it's like suddenly the game changed um, like completely i felt like i was actually learning the game properly i felt like i was i was actually playing a game at a, at a much more like 
I felt like it was close to an offline experience as possible because more people were wired, generally speaking. And so basically, it ended up my my computer ended up becoming a fancy PC gaming setup, and I uh, a, a fancy PC Tekken like setup. It was just <laughs> it was literally a Tekken machine, basically. Yeah. But I got good enough at the game around until I ranked up to the red ranks, the Gembu ranks, which back in season one was very, very, very respectable. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much in season two because everything's been inflated now. They changed their ranking system points and how you get the points in season two. But in season one, it was like really, really hard to get the Gembu. And I, I, I as a casual, I ended up getting to it because that was my primary goal with the game. Because uh, one of my goals with the game was, well, this is my first serious fighting game, Tekken. And I think mm-hmm. I can get decent enough at it to where I can get the red ranks and maybe go toe-to-toe with some of the some of the pros out there online. Um, so, like, um, and I've had I've had a few run-ins with some notable people like Pepper B2 Spicy and whatnot. And I've been able to take some games off of them, but uh, which, was, which is a dope feeling. But, like, once I got to the red ranks, uh, then I realized, you know what? Everything I learned about this game... Um, was mostly thanks to the fact that not only did I switch to this PC where I can actually properly play the game with more like wired players, mm-hmm. uh, but I completely changed my approach to a point where it's like most of the advice that I was given, like in places like Tekken's Ibotsu, was like pretty useless in the sense that they use an old school, they, they taught you using the old school mentality of, oh, well, you got to just get beat up a lot uh, to get good. You got to just get beat up a lot. You gotta just take all your losses like a man, and I'm just like, well, no, I can't. How can I learn if I don't know anything about why I'm losing? And so, yeah, no, you gotta study what, like, why you lost. You can't, you can't just, you know, end up dying yeah. over and over again. Yeah, it's hard to make adjustments. You can't adjust when you don't know what your opponent is doing, or you don't know the game enough, like the mechanics enough, yeah. to understand. And Tekken has a huge problem where they don't tell you anything. They they don't. The only thing they tell you in Tekken Seven is how to do a raid yard, and that's it. They they've uh, never told you anything. Like they, I don't even know if they have a tutorial. Like so, no, they don't. To give they you a history, I, I I never played Tekken online. Like the last okay. time I picked up a Tekken game was probably playstation 2 to be honest so i don't even remember okay. which tekken that was last tekken that was on there um i remember like tekken tag team when that was first out and things like that you know so to me i i, I don't know this uh, experience of like lag and stuff and i i'm just always used to fighter games never really telling you much besides hey here's a combo okay. list figure it out <laughs> yeah okay that's fair that's fair i mean I guess for someone like me who's like completely still new to the fighting games community mm-hmm. and fighting games in general, it didn't really have much of a, you know, the last fighting game I remember playing was on a Dreamcast, the Soul Calibur game on, on Dreamcast. Oh, on Dreamcast? Dreamcast? And, yeah, and, and before that, when I was much more younger, I used to play the Street Fighter Two Championship Edition and some Mortal Kombat game on a Sega Genesis. But that was yeah, when yeah. I was like, you know, that was like when I was, I don't even remember playing those and that was because my brothers used to love playing those games they were really into fighting games they just wanted someone that they could feel good about beating things so. yeah yeah you know they my brothers were the ones where it's like, they would give me like the baby the controller and it was like unplugged <laughs> and it would look like i was playing but nah nah so you know, yeah so like, <laughs> it was just uh that was like my only real experience with fighting games and I think I played this first Smash Brothers games on an N64. Wait, as a so you never, you've never played like the Dragon Ball Z fighter games, like Tekken no. or not Tekken, sorry, Tenkaichi no. and stuff. Oh gosh, no, to me the no, 
not that I to, remember. No. To to me, those are like my childhood, so they kind of like hit close to home. But you know, that's amazing. When it comes to fighting games, so. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. So like when, when for me like, uh, most people even when you are trying to help out at online communities like these big online communities that were already yeah. well established for almost like a decade or so and like it basically the problem was it would be too big for its own good and there was always like a conflict that i used to see where it's like well new the new school people that are trying to help out they get you know admonished and in the sense that you know they get downplayed they just they're not even taken seriously because some people take rank too seriously right so some people treat that rank as like a social status uh when it comes to tekken especially yeah and so but like you know i had you know i was sick of this i was sick of this to a point where it's like you know i used to like have a huge problem with salt being salty and not taking my losses well i used to even like at one point like rage like low tier god maybe not like i wouldn't throw controllers or anything but i would just sometimes oh. yell at the yeah at no the... no i i threw controllers when i was angry but oh man Think about this. I, I was <laughs> I was a preteen young young I was like a preteen teen, you know. When you lose you get pissed, you get upset, you yeah. throw the controller yeah. Yeah. through your yeah. cell phone at the wall. I mean, sorry, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I never got angry to a point where I would damage the walls. Maybe maybe I would throw my controllers on the couch. It, it wasn't my wall and I felt bad. I felt very bad well, about it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, hope you didn't have to pay for any damages, man. <laughs> no, um, it was so. This this is a testimony to Nokia, not sponsored though. But okay. um, little oh, Nokia brick phone threw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are tough ones. Went, tough right, went right into it. I I threw that thing. I'll tell you a quick side story here. I threw that thing down the road one time. Like chucked it. Holy crap! Threw it. It shattered. So th this thing, this Nokia was one of the ones that like lit up on the sides. It had like the cases that could come on and off. And okay, that's all yeah. that happened was the case like popped off and went across. And then I picked it all back up, collapsed it together and went on my way. Everything worked. Wow. That's incredible. Man, and that was, yeah. And that was purely just me like demonstrating to someone that it was durable. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I think it was so, like, I think they said it was like a military grade, like, a hardware when it came to like the actual outer shells like they were they were i, I could be totally wrong i'm talking i don't know stuff. what happened to nokia but something happened and they're just kind of like down here the software, <laughs> the software just wasn't there's i think their software pretty much you know there were superior other there's other phones that had superior software user experiences like you know the apple iPhone i think whatnot, so. yeah i think they uh yeah. i think they hopped on the android train too late i think that's exactly what happened same i like think you're right like blackberry motorola like motorola is still relevant but they're like mm. they're mostly used for like construction stuff right so like more industry enterprise stuff depending on which one you get yeah um yeah, so. so going back to your story <laughs> yeah sorry man so, i know i, I you did you oh didn't no worry. no you don't you don't have to apologize about anything okay, on here. yeah so we, we get off topic awesome. we get off topic yeah this is this is awesome um so yeah so i remember attending a couple of streams like uh I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Mike ATL, the legendary king player from the Tekken House. He's the he's one of the CEOs of the Tekken House crew at Atlanta. Uh, one considered to be one of the meccas of the uh, of the Tekken community offline, like one of the best locals you will ever find in, in North America. Um, you know, I used to attend his. He was like one of the first major. I think I think he was like the first real like Tekken streamer I would tune into. And what I really liked about him was his his like not. 
he was he's an old school Tekken Five like DR Tekken Five uh, OG like competitor, uh, mm-hmm. one of the consistently like one of the best king players in the in the country before Lil Majin was even famous. Um, he used to be considered as one of those triple threats. Uh, he's almost considered like he I think he was at one point was considered like a god of deathmatching, like he was like the yeah. knee of America in the sense like his his ability to like dominate in deathmatches was like unparalleled. Uh, compared insane. to everyone else in the country yeah so that's how skilled he is and that's how um good he is and that's how much like uh that's how much uh, how, how much respected he is in the tekken community yeah. uh he's an og in that sense but uh, one of the cool things about him was like he's really really an, like one of the funniest guys i know on the twitch platform in general but like really really insightful and really really engaging with the uh, with his viewers and whatnot but he really really had a great uh, deep understanding compared to a lot of other people, I feel like, when it comes to trying to appeal to the newest generation. Because, um, like, part of his organization, what his, like, little grassroots uh, organization does is also try to help new players in the, in the Atlanta community try to get better at the game or, like, introduce them to how to learn the game in, yeah. in, in terms of, like, what their, what their mentality is or how they should approach certain topics or certain issues or certain game plans or certain weaknesses that are in their games. Yeah, and um, he was able to really relate to someone like me, and I was I was starting to become really like I would just tune into his stream because like I didn't really care too much about other streams at the time, but he would showcase some like local some of the local talent and whatnot. But uh, he would he he at one point uh, told like gave me like the idea of like instead of trying to play ranked like everyone else was telling me, and getting beat up and whatnot, he said, "Hey Joe, why don't you try you know playing a quick match instead and just play play the game for fun." And just learn them since you, if you don't like practice mode uh, mm-hmm. that much, like go ahead and learn the game without having to worry about your rank too much, and go play against like try to run into really, really, really high ranked uh, players that are way above your rank, like five, ten, fifteen ranks above you, and actually see if you can run into a highly skilled player that actually plays like a much more fundamentals based Tekken, and see if you can learn what instead of trying to focus on winning, learn on how to see if you can learn uh, from the matchups and what they're doing. And take mm-hmm. notes of that and maybe ask around on what your opponent was doing to beat you up or like what you were lacking or what kind of opportunities you were missing in your own offense and your own game plans. And I was like, huh, that seems pretty <laughs> simple. So, like, so, things, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No. So that like goes back to the like he said and like you said, the fundamentals. So to kind of go back to like when I was playing fighting games, so my friends, I told the story on like two podcasts ago with Humpty. But with my friends, we played uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai, Tenkaichi, whatever, whatever. Anyways, the the only way that I think you can get good is, first of all, study your opponent. Like you, You're never going to quite understand why you're losing until you figure out what trick. It's not really a trick, but what right. is their thing. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So everybody has a thing. Like mine was... I would back away, get a few jabs in, back away, get a few jabs in, you know, try to <laughs> keep playing like the the quick game. So that's why I've never been good at doing long combos. And that's why I've never been do- good at do- using people like King, like you were saying, because right. I'm horrible with someone that big and slow, in my opinion. That's just me. Right. Um, and Sounds like you like to poke a lot. Sounds like you yeah, prefer so, game. So like in like... Soul Calibur, it was Keelik, right? He's the Soul Calibur one. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the stick, the, the pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so 
I, I like to keep people at bay or I like to keep them distracted. So like if they're down, I just go for them. But the issue mm. with that is you let up your button smashing or your hitting, you're screwed because as soon as they get like something in to stun you, you're already in close quarters and then you you almost like get half your health knocked away right away. Um right, right. where I was going with this <laughs> was that uh, uh uh, just like playing quick play was how I was able to get up to like my my friend's skill level. So they they used right, they played right. fighting games a lot, and I wasn't really a gamer growing up because that's just not what that's not something I did. Like I played Tony Hawk, um, mm. <laughs> but so I was I, I I played quick play, and then I just like this was before online, so it's not online quick play, but like actual right, like right. Tekken quick play, and then right, I would right, just right. like I set it to the highest difficulty at times and then try to make it as far as I can hit a certain point, hit a wall and go, okay, now start at a lower level and make my way back up to it. You know, like, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. Wow. That's, that's a nice, interesting strat. But uh, it was mainly my... just, you know, building yourself those repetitive motions, figuring out your strats and what you'd like to do the best. Sorry. Yeah, that's a valid strat. Most, a lot of other people recommend playing treasure battle mode. If you're picking up a new character, like, you know, if you want to remember how to do some combos with them or trying to figure out how to do combos, you know, playing treasure treasure mode or arcade mode is like is an ideal environment because like if you're playing you're going to play play bots who's going to be on a set pattern uh, yeah. no matter how how much you set the difficulty levels like uh it'll be like it will be easier it's it's like it's like a somewhat of a lax match simulation that you would probably experience in a real match to a point where your muscle memory can can at least deal with the very different kind of constant variables that are happening within the match yeah. setting um, so I that mean, actually makes a lot of sense. So that's, so, that's actually... some of those AIs. Some of those AIs just needed to stop. Like they were, they were ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Somehow read but, every. It's read like every I haven't even pressed the button yet. How'd you know? I know, right? No. <laughs> it's like how did you do the mix? How can you make the reads? I, mean, I, <laughs> no. I can't even. I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, how, how can you know what I'm doing? If I don't know yeah, I'm like, doing. I'm just smashing the buttons right now. No, I'm just. Kidding. All right, yeah. sorry. Going yeah. back. <laughs> He he That's was fine. suggesting stuff to you. Yeah, so he was uh, he and one other person spring trap Tekken. And here's the other thing, uh, even like and one other person I want to give credit to is a guy named Spring Trap Tekken. He's in he's from Arizona. He's an old school Tekken Five VR uh, competitor. Uh, now now he's kind of like he's he's like studying now. He a, a I mean he kind of left the um, military uh, a while ago, and now he's like you know he's in college and. He also has a wife and whatnot, so he can't compete as much. But uh, he used—I—I I ran into a stream one time, and I, I saw him go toe to toe with all these pros, like all the time, like people like Anakin. Uh, I think even like people like Kawhi Face Miles. Um, and I was like, man, this guy, this guy is—you know, this guy doesn't even have time to compete no more, and he's kind of like kind of rusty to the game. But yet, this guy is like, like his fundamentals is just pure out there. And I asked him at one point, like, you know. You know, do I really? I like I can't I can't do this move. Like there was two different things that I knew I had weaknesses on after I, I took their advice and I was playing the quick match. Uh, and they even told me uh, I don't know if it was Mikey Taylor or Springtrap Tekken. I think it was Springtrap Tekken first. He was like, "Dude, you don't need Korean back. No matter what all these other people say online, you don't need Korean backdash starting out. It actually is a detriment if you have a hard time executing it because movement is very hard to do in Tekken. They don't make it easy to do." No, um, the the cancels. <laughs> it's very very hard to do. Unlike Soul Calibur, where you can move around like it's nothing, you know, like rabbit. Yeah. Uh, but they told me you don't. When they both told me like you don't need 
Korean backdash is only essential if you're trying to play at the high level where you ha- you need to make space and whatnot uh, to in order to create opportunities for yourself because the game is played at a much more different, like faster pace sometimes uh, compared to mid-level or lower level. And so I was like, really? I, I can get to red rank without Korean backdashing? Okay. So maybe, so that actually, that actually made me feel good because like these people had credibility, unlike most of the people I ran into online who also were kind of rude and toxic in a sense that, you know, uh, they always did the get good approach, which is, which is yeah. very unconstructive. It's not helpful feedback to say, get good, man. Just get beat up. Just like the only time I like, ever like, say or, get good is when I'm like joking with someone. Like I, joking, I never yeah. try to say get good to someone who is trying to learn or trying to understand something. And I'm not good at most games. I would say yeah. that fighting games are probably like on my higher level of gaming when okay. I practice them. But okay. that's only yeah, because that's... I have less things to like focus on. I only have to focus on my opponent. I don't have yeah, to no, focus that's fair. on like, yeah. this whole team. A lot less, yeah, there's a lot less variables in that sense. So it's only just, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, it's not like it's not like team-based, team-based games like Overwatch where you got to worry about the meta too. Like, boy, yeah. you, pick, you can't pick Genji, man. This is bad. This is bad meta for the, for the team right now. Don't Look, pick I'm Genji, Genji. Like, dude, I love Genji. I'm already Genji. Genji. Sorry, sorry. You can't be Genji. I'm already Genji. I can't be Dang. Man. Genji. <laughs> when they when they nerfed Genji's little uh, ultimate somehow, I don't remember. They, I remember they nerfed it at one point. I was like, man, I can't enjoy Now I have to actually. I have to play more honestly with Genji somehow. But I can't. <laughs> they they talk, I think the game even casually focuses like way too much on metas. And I think this is why a game like Tekken is so refreshing because I don't have to worry about tier lists as much. It's just like I play whoever is most comfortable for me. And if my fundamentals is good enough, I can pick up any other character I want. And it's not going to really uh, affect my ability to play them as much compared to like trying to play with different characters who have specific abilities and specific gameplay meta design like in Overwatch or whatnot. Um, I think that's what kind of drew me to Tekken uh, in general. It's just I didn't have to worry about too much. I, I, I actually, I'm actually kind of glad you brought that up. Focusing on one on one was just the opponent. That's actually kind yeah. of refreshing. Because you don't, I, you don't even have to use blaming another team mem- teammate as like a crutch. Like it forces you to kind of be honest uh, with yourself and try to keep your ego in check. Um, it's like the only one person. doing this is you. You can't like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, can blame exactly. it on your controller, your your keyboard, your whatever, your gamepad or whatever. Right. But yeah, yeah. Like, a lot less excuses to use. But that's why I kind of like going with the approach of I, I don't know how well it helps nowadays because like I said the the last like generation of fighting games I really played there wasn't online like I think online was just becoming a thing. Yeah, no, you're so, absolutely right. Sounds right. So PS Two wait when the, when the Xbox first came out it came out a little bit after the PS Two right the OG Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't well, have so the like online. the PS2 was out for like a year or two, and then the Xbox came out. Xbox came, and then the Xbox Live came in like a year later, like the Xbox Live yeah, year, And I didn't have an Xbox when they first came out, so I never played anything. Like the only time I ever played an Xbox was over at a friend's house. Okay, I see. It was a game changer, man. I remember, I remember, um, you know, when Halo 2 came out, that's when really the whole concept of the online, you know, multiplayer service on the console setting was really a nice game changer. Um, I mean, I remember playing online with just Halo because they, they had Halo? it in Halo, if I'm not mistaken. Well, in PC, though. In P- on, Halo was on PC, though, right? Not well, on consoles. It was on Xbox. So Halo came out. Uh, quick side story about Halo. It was actually supposed to be for the Mac, by the way. 
Oh um, yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> oh, I but um, Halo came out on PC and Xbox. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, I and I remember playing. I believe it was Halo. Okay. On the Xbox Online, like that was something they introduced, but then it like really blew up around like Halo Two because Halo Two. Yeah, Halo Two definitely blew up. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like, I got that wrong, and I'm pretty sure I'll get something from it from people yelling at me that's like okay. completely that's wrong. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know how long ago that was. It's Half long, of y'all weren't even born. No, Halo Two kidding. came out what 2002 or 2004? Oh, 2004? I, yeah, something like that. Something like that. So now, but yeah, I, I just remember Xbox Live didn't the Xbox Live online subscription service did not take off until Halo Two came out. That was like. That's what really changed the landscape for online. November 9th, two thousand four. Two thousand four. Okay, so I was you know close enough. Uh, yeah, very close. But yeah, so like uh, going back to the Tekken thing. So I when I got onto PC Tekken, uh, I did I I didn't even do Korean backdashing to get to rev ranks. Uh, I did mm-hmm. something called scrub step, which is the art of sidestep canceling. Um, I think there was another. I think other uh, the other term for it was ladder backdashing. I don't think that's as well known as sidestep canceling, but like when I realized all the beatings I took in quick match on P- POS on PS PS4 Tekken, and just completely like just changing my uh, mindset uh, to a point where it's like, man, I'm actually enjoying the game, and I'm only going to use ranked for when I actually need to test myself to see if I'm good enough at this ranked tier at this ranked block, uh, it, like where my fundamentals lie. I, I remember when I got on a PC Tekken around January, like uh, or so, on uh, the first like or first or second week, I I got from like the beginner ranks all the way to like Juggernaut, like in, in like less than a week, and I was like, holy crap! This took me like three or four months to get to the same rank on PS4 when I first started. Yeah, and I have a lot more knowledge. I'm like, holy crap! I'm actually enjoying this game. It's actually it, it's actually online is bearable and all this stuff, and I'm actually doing things that's against all the typical advice given to you online. And these guys, Mikey Teal, these old school competitors are, are showing me something that's completely different. And now I feel like I have a healthier approach to the game. And so I was like, you know what? Um, maybe I can get, maybe let me go ahead and see if I can get to red ranks around here. Cause that's, that was, that's my ultimate goal. Cause now I feel like I have a completely different attitude to the game. And these, these guys completely shifted my, approach and whatnot to a point where i was doing my own thing uh, to get decent at the game and i i was i felt like man if i if these if i had this knowledge early on uh some of the stuff that they were telling me i think i would have not decided to i i if i didn't get this knowledge this this i'm, I'm sorry if i didn't have if i didn't get this knowledge at some point because i was plateauing at, before i got to check their streams out and yeah. see how they kind of approach things i was going to quit the game and just you know call it quits right then and there but no, they, they took the time to at least offer me some insights. They showed me some cool stuff or cool things to watch out for, whether it's a matchup or whether it's like a fundamental-based concept um, within the game. Like even the concept, of, like I didn't even know the concept of a mix-up until four or five months into the game. Like I didn't understand like a fix-up, a mix-up was like a difference between a mid or a low. And I used to be the guy that would just like, whenever my, my opponent was turtling, I would go in and I would do a low attack. But that would get me blown up because my opponent would know what I'm doing and they would low carry me. So I was super predictable. But then once I incorporated the con the basic concept of a mix up, then suddenly my office was like a lot more, uh, a lot less pre- uh, predictable and a lot more deadly because you never know what was coming for me if you're going to be turtling. 
Um, I, I you're think taking that's chances. what makes Button Smasher so successful, by the way, is the unpredictability, because yeah. not even they know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I think most people agree with you on that, and I, I agree with you, too. Um, especially because you don't know if you're going to be going low or mid or high. And some of these moves have crushing properties in Tekken, so sometimes yeah. it might it just launch you for nowhere, even if you don't know frame data, right? If you, if you don't know frame data, you know, it, you might just get launched out of nowhere because you don't know what they're, what, what they're up to because they're just doing whatever they can to hit you. So the uh, first so time yeah, I heard about frame data, I thought people were crazy. Yeah. Like, I yeah. heard about it in Smash, like, up for the GameCube, and I was like, what are people talking about frame data? Like, cause, frame data. Like, like i just like it blew my mind because i don't remember maybe they did have it in the training simulators on like the older fighting games but i don't remember that like i don't remember having like you know that that training room with the bars and the lines like that's just like yeah i don't think it, that became a thing until this generation or almost like last generation like mortal kombat x and yeah. injustice and whatnot i think i think it's only starting to become a recent phenomenon because especially now with social media especially now that so many of these online communities and social media is dispersing all this information compared to the old days, like mm -hmm. the old days where there was no information about how to how, about all how the games worked and the engines worked and whatnot. Now uh, we even have hackers and developers and even modders from the modding communities um, delving into the game files like more like more than ever before, and it's just like it, the information is a lot more easier to get out. So like you know there's like there is kind of an intimidation factor when you hear technical terms like frame data. But there's also like, it's also like the easiest time it's ever been to to at least understand and learn those concepts to at least help yourself as a player and as a gamer. I didn't even use frame data. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll be real with you. I didn't even use or learn frame data until I got to like orange ranks. Uh, when I seriously started looking so, into... So what, what is, are the ranks for those who aren't listening? Because I've actually gone on for a while and hardly okay. understand these ranks. Like I kind of get it the more that you talk about it, but I, I don't know everything. Okay. So I, I will get, uh, let me, let me see if I can remember, um, they go by Dan. So like there's numbers, so like, you know, 15 Dan, 20 Dan. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it sound easier to comprehend. <laughs> so there's the beginner ranks, uh -huh. with, and, which is like, it's the brown ranks, the, the doo-doo ranks, as some people like to call it. <laughs> so it's like beginner, okay. first Q, second Q, third Q, fourth Q, all, all those stuff. I mean, those are just then the brownie have... ranks, like the Girl Scouts. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? So girls, yeah. Then you have, then you move on to the silver ranks, which is still the beginner ranks. Okay, I'm, I'm only still talking about beginner ranks, but these are still like the beginner noob scrub ranks. So the, then we have the silver ranks, which is like the the first Dan, second Dan, third Dan, and then you get to the blue ranks, which is where most people, I think, most of the player base like that plays the game casually stop at, or like they get stuck at. Uh, we're talking like mentor, uh, grandmaster, expert, and these aren't in any particular order, but grandmaster is the last blue rank. And then you get to the green rank hell. This is like the hell tier. This is the this is the rank tier where people start figuring out their gimmicks. They start figuring out their characters more. They start trying to cheese you out with scrub killer stuff. Even even like things like frame trap uh, concepts. This is where people start figuring this stuff out and they start figuring out more damaging combos. Like this is where it's like starting to get really, really, really hard. If you don't know the game enough and you haven't put in enough practice into knowing the concepts behind the game, you're going to struggle a lot here. Uh, a lot of people just pretty much get stuck here and, and just like they, they can't get past this particular okay. rank block. But once you get past this rank tier block, because uh, most people lack block, block punishing concepts in this rank tier, you get to the yellow ranks. 
The yellow inks is when you start figuring out things like how to prop, how to much, how to like move in space, how to start trying to create a backdash, uh, or just start trying to do it, uh, trying to learn how to black punish, trying to and getting more of your combos somewhat optimized, learning things like counter hits and et cetera, et cetera. So this is where it's like it's starting to become mid tier. Um, okay. And then once you get past these yellow ranks, you get to the twenty dance. So these are the orange ranks or so. That's like, um, you know, uh, Savior, Destroyer, uh, Overlord, Vanquisher. These are what would be considered online the mid-tier um, of online players. This is where your combos are pretty much optimized at this point. You're starting to learn the, con the advanced concept of sidestepping. Maybe you learn how to do some fuzzy ducking. Um, and you're starting to incorporate more counter hits. You're trying to learn how to do, like, setups like fancy setups or Oki, you're trying to master your Oki game, your ground game. Uh, all this stuff is starting to come together pretty much here. Like your, your gameplay is starting to solidify here at the orange ranks. And then you have the red ranks where it's like, okay, now you, you must be like either like a solid mid-tier player or like a solid, you know, um, quote, quote, high level online player. And I'm basing this stuff on season one stuff, right? I'm not talking about season two yet. Um, season two is a little bit like I said. There's a lot of ring inflation going on. So, so season the two, ranks, the ranks kind of vary. They they keep the same names and stuff, but they do stuff to get people into different ranks a little bit. Yeah, quicker and faster. Yeah, especially since like one of the problems, one of the problems in season one was just there was not enough people in the red ranks and higher to to match with. Uh, there was there was maybe maybe like if you're in red ranks in season one, you're like the o top o one percent of online players. Okay, uh, so and they're, was they're just trying to balance it out, and I think that's what a lot of people have issues, like a lot of game developers and companies have issues doing when it comes towards these online aspects. Yeah, and I think that's what kind of makes it challenging for certain things. Like Tekken yeah. never really had to worry about that because it was basically published and done back in my yeah. day, and then they started and, online. And whatnot, but. Yeah, you're right, and and to and and to add on to your point, uh, most people like the old school Tekken tech, like the old Tekken ranks, because like. It was, it was always hard to get those ranks. You never knew when the opportunity to get the ranks up because they never told you when, how many points you needed to, to rank up until season yeah. two, until they made it clear. Uh, but yeah, so like it, it, it was fine. The system was fine as as is, but you know, there was a lot of issues with like people like not rematching and whatnot. And as I said, it was really, really, really hard to get to the red ranks in general because like you actually had to take time to sit down and actually master some of the game concepts. To actually yeah. get to that like things like korean backdashing started becoming like became essential so correct me if i'm wrong tekken's more 2d like it's 3d but 2d ish it's not like uh, soul caliber where you have a whole field no um you still have a plane you still operate in a 3d plane i don't know what you mean by a 2d it's not it's I, I feel like so like soul caliber i feel like you can be slightly off axis whereas tech and you kind of like you're both always on a horizontal axis does that make sense um looking at each you other? can be off axis in tekken especially when you're if you're launching an opponent while they're mm -hmm. sidestepping or, or whatnot and you can do off axis forever and all i've seen is people do like it just doesn't okay yeah no 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 i i'm not doubting they, you i just curious like I, 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 I think that's an interesting perspective because I've never heard it described like that. I like some the way some of the attacks works. Like some of the attacks works like uh -huh. so. Clover has horizontal and vertical. Tekken has something similar where it's homing and tracking moves. Where 
it will clip you if you're if you're trying to sidestep to dodge or evade an opponent's attack uh -huh. um, to make them to make them because a lot of moves are linear in Tekken, so it can be two D in that sense where it's like a lot of moves are linear and you can dodge them easily. And also, but Tekken's a little know. bit slower of a game, like you were saying. Whereas Soul Calibur is a much fat. I I feel like yeah. it's much faster. And, um, and the, in my opinion, the only reason it's faster is just and it's, the execution barrier is a lot more tougher in Tekken because you can't move as easily. If you could move as easy as Soul Calibur, I think people would be would not even be comparing. Like people would be saying, "Oh yeah, Tekken's at the same pace as Soul Calibur. Everybody moves around like like it's no big deal." Oh no, I mean I watch Tekken and I'm like, those are some quick matches. Like I've seen people get knocked out instantly. Like not instantly, oh, yeah. but you get what I'm saying. And but like I feel like with Soul Calibur, it's like you blink and you miss something. But with Tekken, you still have like that half a second because the movement is that like it's slightly slower. Yeah, the combo um, gravity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The combo, like when you do combos, the, the opponents are in the air for a while, and then you have the screw extension, right? Like yeah. when you do a screw combo, like they they have that screw animation where they're just twirling in the air, and then that gives you enough time to extend your offense, extend your combo to get more free damage or wall carry opportunity. So it is definitely slower in that respect, but it's also much more fun to watch because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if they'll get to the wall or not. Which I think yeah. is why a lot of people say it's so it's it's a lot more easier to watch from a casual person's perspective. I, I've always <laughs> been a Tekken person, like I've liked both, but right. So I think yeah, okay. I think it's just like a matter of. I think the only one I never really got into was Street Fighter, so that's Street why like, me buying Street Fighter on PC was kind of like, hmm, not sure how I'm going to feel about this. Like you know, I know uh, some of the characters, but I don't really know the game. So. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, oh yeah. Go ahead. No, actually, I, I was just gonna say let's let's continue with your story. We we keep getting sidestepped. Yeah, no, that's why. No, we I haven't like, even finished. We haven't even finished your your into this. I know, right? I know. I've been going to take it too long to get to it, but you know, it's, <laughs> I I don't really get the opportunity to do talks like this and to, to have actors sit down and conversate. So that's it's also a new experience for me too, right? So hopefully, I'll improve, be more succinct. In the you future you heard it here, guys. First, that average Joe is a shut in and he doesn't have friends. I'm just uh, saying. He said it. He said it. <laughs> I definitely, no, I definitely don't like talking about myself online. That's for sure. Because uh, mm -hmm. I usually try to, whenever I run our communities, uh, my communities, mm -hmm. I try to make it more about the community rather than myself. Oh yeah, um, obviously. Like, yeah. So, yeah. but it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a cool opportunity to be able to talk to myself because uh, not talk to myself, but talk about myself because you know most people don't, most people don't ask, and I don't get the opportunity or time to. So, uh, but yeah, going back, going back to what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So I ended up getting basically to summarize, I ended up getting good enough to a point where. I got to red ranks thanks to all the advice and but I did not and I realized but I was like I was like all the advice all these people online at Tekken's Ibotsu were were are like so wrong in the sense that they don't accept alternative viewpoints or alternative perspectives especially when it's like coming from even if it's coming from other competitive players that are not that are not as well known as certain mm -hmm. other pro players out there they're still providing off like dope valid insights that other people might be able to learn or or or, in, or, or grab or take into yeah that because not everyone is built for that old school arcade mentality where you just you know take as much beatings as possible so i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna share the knowledge here because like i i accomplished my goal to like i to a point where i'm personally satisfied with the game i can leave if i ever quit the game i i can leave it knowing i i, I complete my goals and i was personally satisfied with my level of play uh, or at least i got good enough to level of play that i was satisfied with so i, ju I just want to summarize this real quick um 
you basically and this it, it brings up a really good point because this is some advice that I was given or that I just kind of picked up over the years along the way along my way is you basically saw that people weren't changing their ways they always had the same mentality and you're like I'm going to do this to create it because these people are wrong and it can be done another way and yes and and the overall thing from that for those who don't get it just yet is if you ever ever stop taking advice about something or stop listening to people about other ways of doing something and just quickly dismiss them you are the one that's wrong like you're, you're <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to put it a different way like you just can't do that like with that you can't grow you can't continue to grow yeah. like there's a reason yeah, why Amazon right. and all these bigger companies are able to keep on growing while being yeah. the top of their game. And, you know, it also helped that, you know, I was even more frustrated with how people interact online because I'm mostly a guy that operates in the real world, right? So, like, when I was coming back to the online communities, like these PC online-based communities, um, you know, I was coming more, I, I you know, I was coming in with more like uh, much more level-headed, like, because I had a lot more professional experiences under my belt too. Like I even had experiences like working on projects where I was managing like people, uh, like 20 people who were yeah. like stationed across the country or, or worldwide even, like having so, to do remote stuff. So like I knew how to, you know, I had I had some like uh, experience at least knowing that some people work well under certain kind of, like if you, if you guide them a certain way or if you mentor them a certain way, or like, you know, sometimes they might need a little push or sometimes they need to hands off, you know, like multiple, like all the best teachers in the world, all the best teachers, they always constantly iterate and always constantly look at alternative uh, viewpoints. That's what I learned from, uh, you know, from my personal and professional experiences. So I really did not like, I definitely did not like the fact that we did not, this, these communities like would shame other people who are not even like necessary to hide the, the Genbu red ranks, just like lower ranks, but still offering dope objectively good advice but still getting shunned on it because they're just not at the high ranks i didn't yeah. like that friend that toxic vibes um i hated it uh, it just i felt like i would be even less salty if i didn't have to experience those things uh but yeah so i, I definitely thought it was definitely wrong and, and a very bad way to help bring in new players and to help uh you know just because a lot of people would quit a game like tekken because it was so frustrating to learn and if you don't have the right if you don't have the right kind of communities to help bring them in it's like you know you're gonna you're gonna actually you're gonna actually lose interest. You're gonna it's gonna hurt the game's life if the communities aren't there uh, to help yeah. properly support it. And so Tekken Zaibatsu, I think, was just having a problem where it was just like Tekken Zaibatsu has like twenty thousand members. It's too big to help. Like uh, they have a lot of dope resources, a lot of dope uh, you know character channels where you can get from get some more specific match specific stuff. But and generally speaking, like it's just like when you're learning the game for the first time, it's not the ideal environment. And so that's, but, and so that's what I did when I got to reverence, I was like, dude, and when I saw all these people getting, telling these people like, get good. Or when I was like, no, man, Korean backdash, everyone, these guys are telling you, you need to learn Korean backdash is the first thing when you're playing this game online. I said, no, you need to actually pick up a character that you like to play with first. Don't worry about Korean backdash. Worry about picking a character that you actually enjoy playing. Then figure out how to master that character's offense. Like, what are the best pokes? What are the best launchers? What are the, what are the safest moves? Or et cetera, et cetera. Then learn how to move a little bit. Learn how to space, which is movement with purpose. Don't just blindly Korean backdash. Even the pros like JDCR say, like some of the pros out there in tech and say, 
you don't need you don't need Korean backdashing. It's not essential early on. It's not essential early on. It's very wrong to teach them because it's one of the hardest things to learn. You don't want to give you don't want to make it hard by forcing them to. Um, you want to eliminate as much execution barriers as possible. That's what I did for myself. When I couldn't Korean backdash, I did an easier movement system that was inferior to the Korean backdash, but it still forced me to move and actually properly space. Mm -hmm. And I compensated for my, for my execution problems. Um, I eliminated execution barrier. Most people even said like, you shouldn't buy your buttons because you know, you never know if you're playing in a tournament. No, you, you should buy your, you should actually buy your buttons because it actually makes the game easier when you don't have to do the little two buttons with your fingers. Cause not everyone learns through the claw method. Not yeah. everyone knows the old school method of holding your controller or holding your arcade stick. So, you know, these are kinds of the, the kind of details that would ensure that I would have an easier time playing the game. And I was like, you know what? These people need to know how I got to this, how I got to it. And I'm going to share my own knowledge, my own insights. That's completely different from the norm. Like so what level, what level do I start getting the impulse to buy a gamepad? <laughs> what level do you start getting the <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know about that unless hates <laughs> the guy or, or mouse guy keyboard guy. I don't know. I can't even answer that. Uh, I don't even know the context actually. Like like, like so it it was I was kind of joking like so you're gonna st people are gonna start playing this game with like a keyboard and mouse right you know or keyboard mainly because yeah they're coming for really PC use. yeah yeah their first time and yeah. so it's like which at what point do I go I need a joystick and buttons now like. <laughs> it's like oh man well you know unless you have like a mix box if we're, if we're talking serious unless you have like yeah. a mix box i mean um you know if you're actually trying to compete locals where mostly everyone has ps4 setups like you, you know a keyboard's not gonna be a keyboard is not gonna be doable anyway so like you know yeah you know i was like i would i would figure you know if you're actually serious about and this is just for in general right and just for in general advice for people like if you're serious, if you're coming from PC and you're playing a fighting game like Tekken for the first time, and you're actually serious about you like it enough to where you want to go out to your locals and play Tekken offline, assume there's a PS4. It's going to be just PS4, not a PC setup. Get yourself a pad and learn how to play on a pad on the side. It doesn't harm you from doing it. Your execution is actually going to be a lot better because you're coming from a keyboard. Because I think it's actually kind of hard to play on a keyboard. But See, you, I thought that too because you yeah. couldn't do like the diagonals as easily as you yeah. can with a joystick and i think that's why a lot of people get like game pads and whatnot for fighting games yeah so the, the so the weird thing is like with the ps4 pad okay this is kind of weird thing to say um uh like i like the ps4 like pads not like things like the xbox one pad because it actually is not precise the d-pads are not precise so it actually creates a little bit of wiggle room for mistakes when you're trying to do like movement inputs so yeah. this is actually beneficial when I'm doing crouch dashing or when I'm trying to do Korean back dashing or like a wave dash with machinas or like electrics, mm -hmm. because the inputs are not precise. I can actually, uh, it's actually a little bit less stressful on my, on my fingers, even though I'm more likely to make input errors, uh, I can at least get those off. But like things like the Xbox one pad, I don't know how people use the Xbox one pad or like those precise, uh, like D pads <laughs> where it's like, they don't have the diagonal inputs. Yeah. So, yeah, so those those but, are annoying. Like I said, I came from a day and age where fighting games was done on the controller or you know in the arcade, and so I'm used to like hitting up and up and over for like my diagonals and like so. I I don't know. I 
I never had like some weird format to play a fighting game. I just I see. I I always had my thumb over all four buttons. So I guess okay. I did in a way like cuz I learned how to move my thumb to where it's yeah, just yeah. kind of like pivoting. So you use a claw method button. is what you're saying, right? It, you know so you like, know the claw you, method. Is that what you're saying? You're 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 basically no. using claw. So that would be what the way that I think of claw is like for um FPS games where you have your index finger over the the X square and triangle buttons. Squared. So like say you're on a okay, controller, yes, yes, right? Yes. Okay, okay. And that's like the regular okay, so that's like basically the regular That that's like claw. But then like so norm I just hold a controller normal. Okay, okay, that's fair. I that's to, how I, do it. I hold it normal. Because I, I see no point. Like there in especially in fighting games, in my opinion, there is no benefit to holding it like you're playing a first person shooter game. Like there is well, no you know benefit what's... to that claw method. It actually feels like you kinda leave circle open. You know, like, you know what's interesting? Um, the people that some of the best players in North America that play on a pad play on a claw method because something about the there's something about uh, they say that there's something about buffering that's easier and that's like your your input is more precise. So even though you have to kind of move your fingers around because of the so, buffering, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I but. could see that because like so, say that you're holding a controller, you you throw your finger in the middle, like throw your thumb. Yeah, to where it yeah, can pivot. that's the that's you you have a very high chance of just kind of tapping the edge of the button and not actually hitting the yeah yeah the button that you need yeah that actually makes a lot of sense so maybe that's i mean there's definitely with uh how the inputs seem a lot more cleaner for those people that use it but yeah i think for most people though for most people like you and me as holding it normal it's okay i use my like i said i use my shoulder buttons too if i need to do like a one plus two like i need to do like a square or like a square plus x or a square plus triangle. I just use my shoulder buttons. My life's completely easy. I don't even I need to worry about it. I just put my thumb over square plus X. I'm square or plus X. <laughs> but, but, um, so going back, you, you got all this great advice. You made it super high in the ranks. And yeah. then you're like, screw those people. I'm not, not exactly screw those people. But you're like, I'm yeah. creating my own game, uh, fighting community. And I assume... Oh that you did it with the help of, you know, all these people that helped you over the years or whatnot. So, but so before, so I think there's like one more step in the, before we jumped the gun on the, on the fighting game communities for like where I found my own thing. What I did was I, I posted my achievement on Reddit and apparently it was a good time. My, my posts actually up and people were asking me like, you know, cause it was really, like I said, season one is really rare for people to come on red rings, especially like no name killers. Right. Um, but like for someone like myself, you know, who, and all my promotions rank where, where you play matches where it's promotions online, I demoted a lot, but I also like all my promotions never came easy. Like none of my promotions came easy. I had to fight tooth and nail, uh, especially with yeah. all the nerves and whatnot. So it wasn't, you know, I made it a point to say like that none, none of my promotions came easy. You can see my YouTube channel where I, I showed some of my ranked matches. Like, you know, most of the time it was like a struggle to, to get my rounds and whatnot off my opponents. But I, uh, but I got my, my post got Reddit. Um, I think it had like 300 upvotes, but like there was like 2,000 views and whatnot because most people lurk on, on the Tekken subreddit. Yeah. And this is when the Tekken subreddit was still kind of like not really memey. It was still somewhat relevant and insightful and really, really uh, nice to be around. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people in the chat were asking me, like, hey, man, how did you, you like, are you, like, because I, I did say like in my little Reddit title, I'm a 2017er, as in like I'm completely new to this to this fighting game and fighting games in general. So that was even more impressive that someone like me was able to have enough fundamentals to 
get the to get that, that far in the game. Um, and a lot of people were asking me, "Hey, man, Joe, how did you, how did not Joe, but like whatever my Reddit username was? I wasn't using a Joe account. I didn't even have an average video game Joe account. This, this is out. Okay. Well, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm lying. I'm lying to you. I didn't go I'm by average game Joe on Reddit or like on Discord." I did have an average game Joe Twitch account, but that was just that wasn't like for streaming. That was just like I'm a viewer, I'm a chatting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like uh, people were asking me in the in the comments, like, how did, what did you do to get, like you? I know you get to, a lot of people get to uh, get asked like like when they get to this ranks, like, hey man, how did you get to how did you get to red ranks, man? What what were you doing, man? Because I'm struggling out here in the yellow ranks, man. I'm struggling out here in the green ranks, hells, man. Uh, what did you do? What did you do to like you know? Did you mask? Did you do the Korean backdash like everyone told you to? Did you do all this? I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be like, nah. You know what? No, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write some thousand word essays. I'm gonna show you what I, what, what I did. And I actually wrote like, uh, some like, I wrote like multiple posts because like my posts are so long, I had to actually break them in different posts. Jeez. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna show you guys like, here's the intro. And I'm gonna tell you one thing: do not treat online like it's a true measure of your experience, because all the pros say. Uh, like especially when there's lag involved, anything can happen in the lag lag infested environment. Like uh, just because you got to red ranks doesn't mean that you are a true a, a truly skilled player unless you go to offline and you're like dominating. Because yeah. offline is true says you. So I said you have to manage your. So the most important thing I said in my little post was like you have to manage your mentality and your approach. Like you have to manage your expectations of what you're getting at. You need to set like a goal. So like my goal was to get red rank get, to get the first red rank Genbu, and then I'm 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 satisfied. And then I even wrote down in the post, like, you know, okay, this is the, this is some of the things I experienced while I was in like the green ranks and the yellow ranks, and the orange ranks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like what I told you earlier about like, okay, there's the green ranks yeah. spells where people are figuring out their gimmicks, their offense and, and whatnot. That's the exact same thing I said, like in my little post there, um, like, cause people were asking me like, what did you experience? What were the challenges in those rank tier blocks you were experiencing? And then uh, I even went to a point where I was like, Hey, I even like, I even told him, like, I would write down these bullet points. I have a Reddit post somewhere. I could link it, but uh, obviously people are not going to be able to see it. Um, but um, <laughs> I mean, I always – I write up a description, and I always post it with uh, each episode. So it always has some form of links in there, and depending on their platform, they can easily see it. Some places don't okay. really display it. Well, my, so obviously my... send me any links you want me to link, and I'll try to link okay. them. Okay. Yeah, it was it was basically called how to – How to – What I did in my you, comments – you cut it was off basically for like a quick second there. Oh, what's that? I said you cut off Discord. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> uh, it's uh, all good. Um, so I'll, let me repeat myself. So basically, in my little comments, I was basically making like a guide, like a like a perspective yeah. guide, like an insights article within my comments, my own like posts, my own like yeah. little screenshot achievement posts, uh, showcasing my rank, my shiny new rank. And, you know, you know, I was formatting it with, like, you know, cool headers and stuff, like part one, part two, you know, part three, all, et cetera, et cetera. And I even went to, to the point where I was uh, talking about how I approached the game using quick match to learn everything I needed to learn. And even to a point where uh, how I approach ranked, where it's like I would warm up in quick match first before I went to ranked that day. And whenever I ranked up or whenever I demoted, I got out of ranked. Immediately, I savored my wins because most people they try to push their push their luck, and yeah. they they yeah. just don't stop. Even though like there is like a, a detriment effect for playing too long when playing games like this, like your brain gets tired, so you might be autopiloting and whatnot. So, uh, you know, some of these some of these points were actually controversial by some of the online members of the community. They're like, dude, it sounds like you're teaching people how to dodge and rank and how to actually like 
you know, kind of cheat ring. I'm like, no, I'm actually approaching rink like it's a real exam. And I'm using quick match to warm up. Yeah, and I mean, like, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't do like a chess tournament. I mean, a chess ranked play that way. Like you would play some, you would lose some. You, you would space things out. Like I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like anybody who's who's different, they're always going to get called a cheater in some way. You know? Yeah, because because here's the thing. I even I I even specifically said like if if like even if I won some matches, if I lost like a match three times in a row. Uh, that means I don't know the matchup and I don't know why I'm losing and I don't know how to adjust to it. So I need to go back to practice mode and figure out what's going on with this character and go back to quick match and run into an opponent that plays that character until I, I see if I made some improvements with that matchup and see if I can run into that character and get him ranked and hopefully, you know, I'll be able to be able to deal with that character better. So it was things like that. And you know what the funny thing is? Like the notable like uh, pro players or like uh, like online killers they actually liked what I posted on my little guide because they found it so extremely helpful because they, because I had, and, and the feedback I was given for that, all that write-ups, they were like, we weren't expecting you, we weren't expecting this guy to write up a whole article on this and in the comments. And he didn't simply say, learn block punishment, learn how to bring back that. This guy actually showed us his decision-making, his strategy, his plan of approach to a point where it's like a completely, it's like, it's like, we know he's thinking like what we see other high level players do and he articulated and I articulated everything. And so that was the feedback I was given. Like, they were like, wow, this is what separates quote the high level players from, um, you know, the low level scrubs and whatnot. And I was like, well, I'm still a scrub. Cause like I'll get man by a pro or any actual, yeah. like, a, or a better high level skilled player that has better fundamentals than me. Or if I don't know a matchup, I'll still get wrecked online. Or like if there's lag, I'm still gonna get wrecked. Um, so, but that that completely blew up, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start streaming too, and I'm gonna go ahead drop my link in the in the little post. So I made a new Reddit post saying, here's my article. It's like, uh, so you want to get to Gimbu, uh, a, a scrub, a scrub, you know, um, I think it was something I don't know remember the title, but it's like, uh, you know, how to get to Gimbu from a scrubby Gimbu player's perspective. And so then there's this this concept of like the scrub dojo. Not really, it didn't exist yet, but I was, I, I always approached myself or presented myself as like a scrubby player that's like decent at best at games. Yeah. That's why I'm called Average Joe. Um, and then I can dig it. I can dig it. <laughs> and this happened, yeah. And I posted that article around like April, late April, um, late April 2018, or was it, yeah, 2018 or so. And that, and then suddenly I was getting like 40, 50 followers like off stream i wasn't even streaming i was just like so many people were following the channel um out of nowhere and i and then i started streaming and then i got like 10 15 people out of nowhere and then i was i was told to use a mic at one point and started using overlays and i i quickly just like implemented all the feedback immediately as best as i could and then you know all that stuff like my channel i got the affiliate in less than a week like the affiliate twitch status yeah, in less than a week pretty pretty nice yeah yeah, it was it was amazing, and you know, and most of the time, I when I was playing the game, I was interacting with my viewers, and I was telling them, okay, so this is my like, I would I would talk to myself out loud, and these people would be asking for advice and whatnot. I was like, and one person, um, someone like a former quote, quote a former co-founder of my community, um, he he suggested, why don't you do the open lobbies? Like you know, you can there's a lobby system in tech, and why don't you do that? And you can bring all these new players in, and all of us can play together, and we can all offer feedback to each other. And I'd be like, oh, and I was like, oh, okay, so it's just like it's a it's like a it's like a scrub zone. 
that's like a that's like a zone like it's like a space for scrubs that we can all yeah. help and then that's when sh uh, stuff started really taking off for sure and then this concept of a scrub desert community started you know seriously taking place with pi may you know from uh, from kill bill pi may being kind of like our unofficial mascot yeah yeah and people knew me as the thing i was like one of the uh, the other thing is i was one of the only other fang way players like one of the better fang way players online that actually streamed fang way gameplay yeah and that's yeah then that's when the community started coming over a lot more dope players started coming in they started really liking what we were doing in terms of helping other folks out then you know people like mike atl were were paying attention to us they were coming in um yeah and then it started all coming together and that's where everything started uh that's where i officially got my start in april 2018 the last month of the last week of april uh was wow. when everything started coming together and that was like a year in the making basically right because i was still ranking up i never made an attempt to stream while i was low ranked or anything of that sort i only started streaming seriously and picking things back up in april where i was like okay well i'm gonna have the games where i can stream it and people will take me seriously because i again online community that there's that social status with the gimbal ranks and whatnot Yep. So nobody, and I, let me tell you something. I literally being a, being that red rank that hide that first initial entry red rank, like it literally opened doors for me. Like, I can't believe it. I'm saying is it literally opened doors for me in a sense that people at the online community started treating me, started taking me seriously. They started yeah. interacting with me different. They started like talking to me with more respect. And I was like, this is like pathetic, man. Cause like, I, at first I was like, I was, I, I was actually more upset. And I was, I was, I was like, dude, like, whenever i've run into other like lower rank players i've never been like rude to them or dismissive of them uh even though half of these guys aren't even on red ranks they would just like uh you know but they would never they would never they would always and i was like man this this is not cool man i'd rather i'd rather be in my own community where you know now that i have my own twitch people now i have my own twitch status i'm a twitch affiliate people are coming in and they're enjoying this i pioneered this concept of open lobbies in the yeah. sense that most people, most Tekken streamers, when I was starting to stream, they were still doing the sub-only games. Yeah. And maybe, like, one-on-one -on -one viewer-only games and whatnot. But nobody was doing open lobbies where it's, like, it didn't matter if you're a sub or a lurker or whatnot. And I was also one of the only streamers that had some modding experience in the sense that I would be using a whole ton of different mods to make my game stand out compared to other streamers. So I pioneered that concept too. Now, now every other streamer out there is like using their own mods and making their game like their own. So unique. the mods, they're just visual, right? They don't actually. Yeah, they're yeah, they're stats. purely visual, purely visual cosmetics. I, I just like wanted to put that mods. out there. So, so do you get people coming in and going, "Oh, you're playing modded"? That must mean you're like cheating or something. Do you, do you get no, things most like people, that ever happen? Oh no, 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 most people that come in, they're like, "Oh my god, you're." These uh, mods are amazing. Where, where do you get these mods from? I want, I want your mods. I'm like, oh yeah, dude. Some of these aren't actually publicly available. I, I got exclusive access because before the authors, original authors, took them down. So I'm one of the only people left that actually have these mods, and I can't release it to the public because I don't want to piss off the modding community. Um, I don't want to lose my. I don't want to. I don't want to burn. You're like, bridges. I, I want to keep these. <laughs> yeah, I want to keep. I want to keep it because like they're good. They're good. And I like them, and people like them. But I can't, you know, you know. Yeah, I had I mean, the advantage in that sense, right? But like. Uh, I, but people started other streamers that that would host me that noticed what I that saw what I was doing was like man I should do that too and they started doing that for themselves too and it, it started leading to a ripple effect uh, but you know I like to say I, I started that trend because like um, before me there wasn't really any like actual notable streamers doing all that stuff until 
especially the online streamers uh, out yeah. there that were purely online. They weren't doing that until I was I was setting I was changing the game up a little bit. But I didn't even have a Discord community for like two months when my channel blew up, and I was asked to have a Discord community. I was like, I don't know anything about Discord. What is uh, in terms of making my own server and all that stuff? And man, I hated it. That was one thing I hated trying to trying to build this community up, the Scrub Desert community. Um, it was annoying trying to trying to build a Discord up and learning it all myself. And yeah, I uh, I have an watch. issue just trying to like. Like, I understand Discord. Like, I understand, yeah. like, how to do everything. But the issue I have is, like, okay, I have a Discord now. Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's, it, it's very hard because I, I've i always said that I've sucked at social media. Like, if yeah. I ever wanted to create something, I'm going to have to push so hard for myself for social media because yeah. I know that I'm going to need it to push for whatever that is. Yeah. And, um it's, it's yeah, also, and it's a lot of work too if you're doing it by yourself. There's so much it, stuff you got to keep track of. Yeah, it's also like a struggle because I'm a firm believer in that you limit your time on social media because you know you only check what you need to. Even okay. though I will catch myself just checking it to, to just check it. No, I'm I guilty of that. I'm, I'm I think I, I've seen it take a toll on a lot of people's lives, and I think at this point it just depends on like parts of social media. So I've been trying to limit that and. Uh, it's Especially if you're trying to build your brand or get noticed by other notable people, it's the worst. The effect is even worse too. So yes. I, I completely agree with you. Because you're watching the numbers even higher, and yeah. Anyways, yeah. yeah so, so 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 I think one more thing that actually helped take it off was when I was doing like coaching sessions with uh, with one or two viewers that were coming in, and they were, uh, you know, um, my original OG viewers. They initially had they initially were. Uh, a little bit like intrigued by me not like swearing or whatnot but like everyone really liked the fact that i was like um apparently i had a golden voice i like to get hype a lot and it was really different and uh, but i was still being i, I listened to some of your shout casting it was pretty good oh yeah <laughs> so you you already yes yeah, so you already know um so people whenever i got hyped uh i was a lot more laid back before uh when i first started compared to now where i'm a, I'm a lot more comfortable with myself a lot more confident in how I handle my handle my games and whatnot, including my commentary for when I'm hosting tournaments. I mean, um, so that that laid backness that was probably coming from more of like a business aspect where you're used to like meetings and stuff, and where yeah, you're, yeah, kind of a lot more, yeah. And I'm just like because you're not going to be in a meeting, so we have these charts. We need to get them to here, <laughs> and we need to fix this many computers. Like, could you yeah. imagine going into a meeting and be like, "All right, guys." Like if I yeah. had someone shout cast a meeting, I would be hyped. Like I would walk out of me like, "Let's go, I'm ready." Cause you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, because you know I'm gonna hype. You know, I love trying to hype people up and make them feel good and welcome. And that was the other thing that helped me stand out. Uh, when I, I mean, because remember uh, the other thing to consider is like I don't even I don't use Twitch, Twitch best practices to succeed on the platform. I don't show my face on 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 a webcam. I don't use a, I don't use a camera or anything. I only use a mic. Maybe like a minimal overlay to showcase more of the gameplay. Where most other streamers, they try to they try to have a lot of stuff on their overlays, and it's like distracting because like you can't really focus on the game as much. I have no clue and what I, you're talking about. Disables everything. I'm disables everything. <laughs> <laughs> Disable everything, but like you know your name or something. Yeah, no, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so like that's also what also kind of made me stand out early on. Like I focus, I actually was someone that focused more on the gameplay because. When I was streaming, I'm, I'm streaming for fun. I'm not streaming for partnership. I'm not streaming for 
you know, all this other stuff. I'm streaming because I just wanted to um, do it for fun. And I'm doing, I was mostly doing it for myself. Um, and, but then like when I blew up on Reddit and I started getting all these people coming in and checking me out, the, the, the expectations sort of change and the pressure sort of change in the sense that, okay, well, it looks like people are looking up to me to um, provide some dope insights or help out. So I kind of immediately changed my stream content, like almost in the weekend, I solidified it in the sense where I'm gonna be more of that helpful sensei kind of guy, rather than mm -hmm. just someone that just plays on ranked and tries to get good at it. Like, cause like I said earlier in this podcast, like um, I, I got to a point where I was personally satisfied with the game. So I didn't have any other expectations. I didn't have any other more desire to improve. The only thing I wanted to do was help others out, get to my level, because like I proved it was possible to get to a point where you don't need to master certain things where people, a lot of other people were telling you to master. Um, and then, you know, on, on top of that, like, you know, like I said, if some people were intrigued that I, I would never swear, they kind of liked the fact that I was kind of more of a chill, laid back, having more chill, laid back attitude in terms of how I interact with the viewers. I was very polite and kind. I would never trash talk. I would never like key charge or do anything disrespectful. I would try to play, take it as seriously as possible and try to just go out of my way to help them write insights that help me out or kind of show, kind of tell them the struggles I was dealing with. Cause I, yeah. I was always honest with people. I was like, dude, I, I would salt like, I, I salt like low tier God off stream. On stream, it's easy because like, I'm not trying to win. I'm just trying to have fun with you guys and try to maybe teach a thing or two. And yeah. decided that's what uh, my channel started to become, started be immediately became what known for. And to a point where we had some people coming in wanting to get training by me using our quote, scrub dojo curriculum. I say quote scrub dojo curriculum because it wasn't really a curriculum, but it was just more like they bought into my vision and system of how to learn and approach the game. And we have quite a few number of students, quote, uh, former students that have graduated from the scrub dojo that, have, that, that, you, that I used to wipe the floor off of, that I would body. Now they body me like all the time. And I can't, I can't even so, use my own character against them. So, so do yeah. you give out certificates for the scrub dojo? No, no, it's nothing like that. We're just an on. So the thing is that we're just, because we're an online community, we're mm. not really anything. We're not like a certified like. E no, no, no. I, I was, I was, yeah. I was joking. It's funny. It's a funny thought. It's a nice thought. But the only thing we do is like to recognize their achievement. If they post their rank progress in our Discord, I, I'll pin it because I want yeah. to. I want to post. I want to see their progress. And everyone, and I make it like, we even have like a core value section, like in a sense that like uh, what I expect my community to abide by in terms of how it helps people and how it interacts with people to bring new people in or how, how we're supposed to help. And so one of those things is to uh, support others by encouraging them. And one of those ways I do that is I pin their rank, their achievements. And I, yeah. I, I, I try to take their alternative viewpoints, alternative perspectives seriously. Uh, I try to incorporate even someone like I even try to encourage them to share knowledge, even though they may not feel like they deserve or they're good enough to share knowledge. Because, again, they're like coming from these other communities where it's like they were admonished or shunned for it. Um, for trying to have different perspectives where but at least but but in Scrutters community, in my community, I encourage alternate viewpoints because everyone has I believe everyone has no matter what your skill level is, everyone has something to offer to the table. Everyone has different unique insights that. Uh, that might be very, very useful for learning uh, or for yeah. teaching that other people might get who may not understand. Like some people are visual learners, right? Other people are more technical. They need to understand the technical concepts. Other people are just other people who would just prefer to get beat up and learn on the go, right? There's multiple yeah, ways to learn, uh, like a fighting game, especially. Speaking um, so about technical versus visual, 
Um, okay. Earlier we talked about frame data. <clears throat> and I just wanted to bring this up for the listeners. Um, the easiest way to think about frame data is obviously it's frame per frame. But like think about like when you're in a shooting game, like the, the people who play it like professionally or competitively, think about it like getting to the point quicker or getting to X number places quicker or even like being able to like cancel a reload by sprinting. Like those are all technically kind of frame data things because they're they're technical things that help you progress yeah. quicker. Or even knowing that like you just fired, you have X um, like there's a millisecond delay between you firing and meleeing someone. So you, yes. you know. Yes. Those are frame data. Those are frame data like really hugely related frame data because they're basically the technical underpinnings of the game and the game engine. Yeah. How it, they kind of, uh, I, even I like the like... speed of an animation, like it takes like five frames or so, five milliseconds to reload. Like you said, like that's, that's yeah. exactly what frame data would be uh, in, something, in something like Tekken. Yes. So, so, that, I think this also brings back like the point of how I always think of Tekken as a very 2D based. Like you were saying yeah. that it's it it has a horizontal plane and stuff. Um, I literally just lost my thought. Holy crap! That's okay. Uh, <laughs> you said about no, 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 no. Like I I know what I was saying. I just I lost oh, okay. where I was going with it. Just That's off. okay. Too much I coffee think, or uh, something. You could probably I I I, fi I figured you're gonna ask people frame data at Scrub Dojo like at all. And I could tell you, I don't, I tell them, don't, I actually discourage frame data. I discourage anything that's like too technical that I believe is too technical for new players to understand because they can learn a lot about the game without all the technical stuff. Cause like, that was one of the other things they said, uh, uh, that I was told in those online communities, like you need to, you need to learn green backers and you need to learn frame data. You will not survive. You will not get, uh, past even yellow ranks. If you don't learn frame data. And I'm like, yeah. okay, we proved you wrong. And so... All right, I, I remembered my thought. That's where I was going with like the whole frame data. Frame data is a very 2D concept. It's not a 3D concept when you think about it because most of the time okay. when we're playing a 3D game, we think about timing. And, and people say timing in 2D games, but they also say like in fighting games, frame data, like you were saying, is a very newer concept. So yeah, you generally see frame data only when you can scale it across like a 2D plane. Like you don't really see it mentioned when you scale it across like a 3d depth plane so yeah that's just something yeah, i wanted right. to put out there for yeah. anyone who's listening and might not know or understand that term yeah the frame data is mostly uh, at least in for the technical community it was always invisible and people were lucky to even have access to it back in the day uh, I, I know a lot know of people right like people. literally like took a camera and like you know that's how they got the original the frame frames, data, yeah, right? yeah yeah that's the old school methods right the old really really og methods yeah. so even to a point where like you know um even defining the terms for it like tekken the tekken zaibatsu forums used to actually be really really amazing resource now most people are hanging out on tekken zaibatsu discord and now the forums aren't really active that's where people yeah. would actually go to get their information at and discuss all that stuff um obviously i wasn't around for that so that's not really relevant for me and most other newer players nowadays. So even though they still have good, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, you said they're they have really good what? Uh, they, even though they, ha they still have really good legacy, legacy knowledge, um, okay. that still somewhat applies to the modern Tekken game. Like um, even knowing the concept of sidestepping, like the frames it takes to sidestep, 
the the plus two frames are are, are like the, the plus on block or minus on block the, the terms have never changed thankfully the the community never always had a con- the community always had a consensus uh, of like what those terms were for a long time so like luckily the legacy knowledge uh, still exists and because there's so much information on it it's easier to kind of digest nowadays compared to back in the day where they were still trying to figure out um what the heck is it you know so so i'm gonna slowly start wrapping up things just so um, we can keep it within a relatively decent time yes, frame and then okay. we can potentially do another episode about more on specific this but i know that we have a couple we have an episode gonna be coming up that's more of a group episode discussion about the fighting community in general and just like in my opinion it's dwindled uh compared okay. to what it yeah. used to be okay. the hype around them Wait. and then i, I think they're they're gradually gaining more plain but that that's a different conversation for a different time uh sure. what i wanted to kind of guide us into was where do you see like where do you see uh not what I was going to guide us into. I got distracted by my own topics. <laughs> um, what do you, would you say is a good starting point for new people? Like, what is your one tip that new people must like? This is a must. Your your first time playing. Like, do you okay, think for, they should even touch online? Uh, for, for fighting games or just you know Tekken or just like the first thing I would I would I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give the same tip that um that pretty much um that I used to hear, that I see a lot more competitive players uh, saying nowadays. Um, the tip I would say is don't don't play to com- to have competitive ambitions. Don't play to have, like, uh, don't don't play coming in with the expectation that you're going to be the dopest, dopest player like uh, nobody ever knows about. You know, you're going to have to have a much more humble attitude. Watch your ego. And probably if you're going to play this game starting out, if you're going to learn the game, you know, just start out playing it for fun. Play the story mode. You know, check out all the different rosters of characters. See who you like playing the most, and then stick with that character. It's just like Mario most, Kart. Find your character. <laughs> find find a character that resonates most with you. Like two characters at most, because a lot of now I, I have I'm having quite a few you players. You cut out are, there for a second. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm having I'm seeing a lot of uh, much more problems uh, with. Uh, quite a few new players in our community where it's like they want to hop into different different kinds of characters but a game like Tekken where there's like hundreds of moveless per character you can't match you can't master them like a, in even a month it took me nearly a year to master Feng Wei I don't even feel like I mastered them now I, I remember when you know the 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 move list was you know the same combo repeated over the same character just oh, different oh animations. yeah <laughs> yeah those but are hey. good days yeah those are good days right <laughs> But now, now everything the characters are different enough, and their combo structure to where it's like you got to actually, you can't just like you you can't be like a pro who's had decades of knowledge with how yeah. all the characters work already on the fundamental level. You need to just play the game, play it casually, just play it for fun, and just explore the character that resonates most with you, and stick with that character for a while, and expect to lose. And even if you expect to lose. Don't try to lose it in ranked where there's a lot of stress on the line. There's a lot on the line because you're because most that rank that rank mode is mostly appealing for casuals, mm-hmm. and that's all most people have any expectations for because not everyone has competitive uh, competitive ambition. So when you try to learn the game, play it, play always try to play in an environment where you're not like 
doing anything on the line. Like there's no money on the line. So there's no need to stress yourself out. Most people stress themselves out. So just play the game initially for fun. Just explore what the game has to offer with the different roster cast. It's like 30 characters. Can, See who resonates uh, most with you. Add to that with um Yeah, go ahead. Don't jump into online immediately. Like yes. don't yes. play the game to understand why the game was made. Like they yes. made online because there was a following for online, not because that's what they intended for. Yes. But because there was a following. And I don't remember which game it was, but there's actually a story to most of these fighting games that most people don't realize. So especially like newer generations. So right, try right. to look and just play like the story level, the arcade level or whatever, but play the actual AI first before going online, because I think it will allow you to me personally coming from older games, allow yeah, you to no, understand I, the basis of the characters. That. That's why that's why I say play for fun, check out the check out the story modes or just check yeah, out the characters yeah. that you have. Don't yeah. So I mean without even touching without even bothering to touch online, that's that's great advice because that's that's honestly what I did uh, at first. Uh, when I picked it up on the PS4 Tekken and then I fell in love thing way. I discovered he did a he did a he did a little shoulder move and I was like, Man, this this move is so satisfying. Is that the and one like, where no he like kinda like butts you with the shoulder? He like Yeah, 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 that's the one. That's the guy. You see my avatar on Discord? That's what, uh, that's Fang Wei. Yeah. <laughs> that's a parody of him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, like, um, actually, I wanted to add on to what you said. Um, uh, dang, man, it was so good, too. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. You had. Always happens. Always. All right. So, um, you know, we were, we were talking about how you start off with not playing online because you generally get tilted. Uh, yes, a very absolutely. Easy way to 100%. get salty and tilted and not like a game. Yeah, I agree. Um, really, not much more else I can say. Like, man, but I had some. That's really, really, really good. Um, dang, man, I can't believe it. Also, exploit the cheeses in AI. Okay, yeah, I can, I can, I can agree with that. That will allow you to have so much fun because you can exploit things. Whereas once you go online, I guarantee you, you'll only be able to exploit things on people who've never encountered it or, you know, they just have a weakness. So have fun with AI because AI is, that's what AI is for, is to just play the game and enjoy it like the devs wanted. Yeah, I agree. And I guess, uh, I guess to add on to it, brilliant insight i wanted to give but like uh uh just if you're kind of trying to actually seriously pick up and learn the game you know try definitely don't be afraid to look up relevant uh guides that are relevant for your character but i mean ask you can ask people at tekken zaibatsu but now compared to before there's there's like friendly communities like our scrub there's a community i guess this is like i'm, I'm not showing i'm basically showing uh but like there are communities that are designed that are actually oriented for helping new players out and the Scrub Dojo has the reputation of being like the friendliest um, community for new players uh, that are that are looking for help and whatnot. And you know, there's always people wanting to help out, and Sensei's wanting to help out to the point where, wait, yeah. So like, you know, just yeah, I think it's just it's all about managing your expectations. Um, so like, so don't, yeah. Wrapping that into what he said, you know, manage your expectations, have, play for fun, and when you start to get heated, take a break. Fighting games can be very stressful on the mind, like if you play for hours on ends, and yes. most people don't realize that. Yeah, Especially like if you don't have the mentality or the muscle memory for it. I remember there were times where I played games and my thumbs would 
basically feel like they fell off because you know oh I gosh. pressed the same button. That's so harsh. going going forward with that, um, I'm gonna wrap up this episode with a question, which is okay. like a tradition that I'm doing around here of, do you have a question for the audience that's listening? And if so, or even me, I mean, I I generally okay. pass the question that you ask me if you ask me one on to them. So they'll be able to answer it on any of my social media and if you're open to it on any of your social media or even in our discords, which will, like always, will be linked in the description of the podcast. So do you have a question for us? Yes, I'd say if you picked up a fighting game and you like fighting what and, and you were like uh, deciding a main, right? If you're picking your primary character that you like playing with, like what what made you... And I don't mean you specifically, but I mean you in general, uh, you and your audience. Like, what, what, what made you just like? What made you? What, what clicked had to decide this is the character for me? Like, like for you, this is the guy the I want. Out of all the, the characters, shoulder. if I only have one, if there's only one character that existed in this game, and I, I, I can only choose one character that I could stick with for the rest of my career with this game. You know, what is that character, and and, and why? Like, what, uh, like what, 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 what? What clicks? What clicks? What resonates with that character? That's I think that's the question I would ask. So I'm gonna answer this real quick. So like, okay. for me, when I pick, uh, I'm gonna reference uh, back to when I was talking about Tenkaichi three and or Budokai three. I can't remember which one, but Team Gohan was overpowered in those games, and that's not the reason why I like. Oh uh, yeah, okay. But I I always liked the character Gohan, so uh, or at least Team Gohan, um. And, you know, being a teen at the time, it just kind of like, that's why I picked that character. Um, the bis- Between the design of the character and, and um, you know, being kind of relatable. When it came to like Soul Calibur and Tekken, I picked, game, uh, pick, I picked people that I knew could repeat repetitive moves. Yeah. And that's generally why I played them. Now, I will say, I also had this phase where I was really like I liked angels and demons, so you know, um, Jen okay. just kind of makes kinda sense. Just worked for me. Um, that being Can said, I answer my own question, by the way. Yeah, what, sure. After, go for go okay, for it. No, I wait, no I'll, I'll wait for you. I was just wondering. No, I mean that that's kind of like I generally pick a character based on like relatable things or some some little thing that they do, uh, yeah. or even sometimes I even like torturing myself and picking the character that sucks the most. So. Oh my gosh messages huh yeah sometimes <laughs> that's pretty cool that's pretty good i mean that's 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 definitely great insight i mean for me for me personally like i literally okay this is gonna sound dumb but it, it is simple it's simple to think about because like that's I'm, I'm speaking as like a true casual like a true scrub yeah. scrubby casual uh i picked fame way because like out of all the characters when i did my button bindings and i had like an l2 and r2 and i bind into everything which I think that's the other advice I would also give um, from your previous question. Like, I think that's the one that I was trying to talk about. Like, bind your buttons because it'll it'll eliminate execution barriers that you wouldn't normally have. Technically, doesn't even have throw buttons, right? Uh, yeah. But um, I picked Feng Wei because not because initially he had that cool. Sh- I didn't even later. You, you cut he, out there. Not, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. I I picked. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Uh, I picked Feng Wei. Not initially because of that shoulder move he had. I found that out later. I discovered that later. But he was just easy to use. He was purely on the execution of all these characters. 
he seemed easy. He seemed the easiest to use, and I only had to worry about pokes with him. He seemed to do a lot of damage with just his little his pokes, and that's what a lot of people said. Like he's a very evasive character, and he and he he, he usually wins by poking uh, the, a character to death compared to everyone else. Um, and then um, he had the cool back tempo, evasive tempo, and and like his his animations were really really definitely cool. I felt like it's the most unique looking animations in the game. Uh, compared to uh, other characters where they kind of share certain moves that look that are exactly the same as other characters, but Fang Wei's is kind of unique in his. And then, like, but primarily it's because it just felt easy. It's like his execution just... I didn't have to worry about much. Even if I didn't have combos, I could still do a lot of damage just by his, like, singular moves alone. And that was literally it. You know, that's how simple it can be. Like, it, it doesn't have to be a complicated reason for picking a character. I like to pick him because I just felt like he was the easiest tool in the game to you know the character I hate the most? What? Lee. I don't know why. I just Lee? Have you seen the Michael Jackson Lee mod? No. <laughs> the voice mod? Dude, it's oh, sick, gosh. man. Yeah, he's annoying. Uh, no, in, in the original games, I just didn't like him. I think it was mainly because he didn't have any kick attacks. And like I said, I like putting distance or I like having that, like, you know, jab and then back away type thing. Um, he's, or... he's very. He's either two, he's very versatile now. Uh, and he's 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 definitely annoying with his keep out counter hit tools. Like he's so annoying, he can keep out people, mm -hmm. and, they, and then his kicks are sometimes hard to see because uh, the the ranges are deceptive. That's what's really annoying about him. But I I can agree with you. A, a good lead player is very very frustrating to to play against. Yeah. Because um, they just know they just know how to how to keep you at bay. Especially this is making me want to buy. Tekken 7, but the issue is, is I don't have time to learn another game. I don't have time to do all that. I understand. That's why, that's why for me, um, um, I only stream a couple times a week, and um, usually when I have time to play the game, I maybe I only have to stream, and when I, when I have time to stream, I only have time to play the game. Like, at most, I'll play, like, three or four hours off stream if I even get the chance to play Tekken. That's it. Like, that's, I limit my hours, and considering I don't play that much um, off stream, I, I do pretty pretty well considering like you know this is this is another one of the things this is another one of those things where it's like i break the norms that most people take tell you to because they're like oh well you should play like you should play a lot more often uh like maybe yeah. like five or six hours worth of practice mode of labbing i'm like no dude just dude just you know you work smart play smart don't play hard play smart you know if we had to, if you had to rephrase that phrase or work smart work hard play smart play instead of playing hard i think that's yeah, what i no, do for sure I guess that's a All summary right. of this whole podcast. <laughs> Play smart. Um, yeah. <laughs> what looks like we're going to have to do another episode because we didn't even get into like why you game or like any other other. Yeah, reasons I apologize. Or... No, no, no. It's completely fine. I mean, that's awesome because we, we actually co covered a lot when it came to like fighting games in general. Um, yeah. It's a lot of material. So at least like, it I is. And, and so. thank you for joining us today. And thank you guys for listening. You can find all of average video game Joe's socials down in the description or since he's right here, let's just ask him what are all of your like, you know, not your social security. We don't need that. I'm talking about yeah, your, you know, your socials. Honestly. <laughs> honestly um, yeah, so uh, I'm assuming that if I give you the links, you're gonna add it to this. Oh yeah, no. I always add them to the description. Um, so uh, we do so we do have all right. Okay. So you can't, it's hard to, it's hard to tell what the discord invite link is. You know, you can find me, I'm pretty active on at the discord scrub Dojo community. 
um uh so you can find that in in the description and then on twitter i'm available on avg video game joe on twitter like that's at avg video game joe um and then on twitch it's purely average video game joe that's all in one word so average video game joe and yeah i think that's i think that's really it um yeah so um i do have a youtube channel but i don't really use anymore because it's not really relevant for me as much as twitch is so he doesn't like editing videos either i don't like it i, I need like <laughs> no pants you know how eris yeah he has a no pain he has a dedicated volunteer video editor which i don't have uh, Jeez, I would love that's to have so it. nice yeah so um but yeah that's where you can find me i'm mostly a, a twitch discord guy so um but i am making it more of an active attempt to be active on twitter especially since i'm a sponsored streamer now so um oh congratulations yeah, yeah thank you thank you um yeah that's it and guys, thank you for listening. Like always, um, we're a part of the But Why Though community for podcasts. You can go find them down in the description below as well. They uh, provide wonderful help on getting our links out there to y'all. Thank you for listening once again. Oh, wait. Special announcement. There, the reason why the podcast like went missing for like two weeks was because I, uh, I've been working on opening up a brand based on the unconventional geek name, but technically isn't related to the podcast, but you'll be able to find podcast merch there as well. So I'll be opening up unconventional geek merch and brand here shortly. And if you guys want to subscribe to the email list early, you can go to uncongeek.com. Subscribe to the email list. You'll get five days early access to the website before anybody else does in order to purchase anything you want. And, you know, also promotions and whatnot like that. So that that's the benefit. But thank you guys for tuning in for this long. And like always, stay unconventional. Nice.